0: Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. Alright, so we're live and hello. Welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 166, so week 166. This week we are going to be focusing on community building, that's the question uh, set that we're looking at. And if you have any questions on the topic, then do let me know in the comments below. So I'm just waiting for a few people to come online. And there's a bit of housekeeping, some fun things to talk about. Uh, but I have to start by thanking everyone that supported last week Entrepreneur Business Live in uh, Miami. It was just great fun. Um, we had I, I love these events when they are around 25 to 30 people. They're deliberately that kind of size because it means we have... Uh, an ability to engage with everyone in the room and the networking can be really effective. I re- it really matters to me doing it that way. And we had a, a straight 30 people, so we raised 300. It's actually 305 dollars uh, for Fit Team Foundation, the charity, simply because um, one of the speakers, Jenny Moray, brought her daughter, and so we decided to count her as a half person, so five dollars per her head, because. Uh, it's normally $10 per head. So a really great event. We focused on video um, content for business and we shared uh, the live stream in the um, Entrepreneur Business Group uh, on Facebook as well. So it was really great fun. There's more coming. So um, in about what was it, it'll be three weeks from now, uh, on the 17th of October, we'll be in New York for the third time this year for Entrepreneur Business Live New York City. Alison Fisher will be running that with Jane Collins as well. Uh, I'm just really excited about this one because this is one of the flagship cities uh, where it's going to be, um, we're certainly going to run these a few times a year in New York and um, already people are buying tickets. There's a really exciting uh, lineup. Uh, there's um, a few people who really know what they're doing there and I'm really impressed uh, with the appetite for the event. So it's really exciting. Keep your eyes on that, if you want to buy a ticket for New York City, if you want to attend again, you can just go to richardmore.com and underneath products, you've got Entrepreneur Business Live and you can grab tickets. And also on the 30th of October, so literally one month today, uh, we've got a uh, return to San Francisco for the second one of this year, and that will be um, with Jonathan Javier, who uh, is ex Snapchat, ex Google. He's going to be hosting Tim Salow, Mr. Future of Work himself, who's the global, global evangelist for WeWork and three times LinkedIn um, top voice, uh, Natalie Rizzo, who works with 500, absolutely amazing lineup. And they'll be talking about community building, which is a lovely segue into today's session. So if you have uh, any questions on community building, you can jump in uh, the comments and ask right away. Uh, any questions at all. If you want to put in the comments though, if you're hashtag team live or hashtag team replay, Uh, then you can let us know also where you're uh, watching from. So which city are you based in at the moment? So I do think that we've got quite a few interesting questions. It's going to be not quite as long as usual today, a little bit of a shorter event, but I will be uh, taking any questions from the comments if you want, and I'll make sure I check in with the comments later on in case you have any other further questions. So we're live on LinkedIn today. <clears throat> I'm binning off uh, LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, not LinkedIn. We're live on Facebook. Even I'm binning off LinkedIn because it's just not playing ball, regardless. So I need to actually get into uh, the tech guys and work out what's going on there. Uh, I've Tried everything I can, but simply not deciding to play for me, unfortunately. So if you happen to watch on LinkedIn, fine, I've flick the switch. So it technically is streaming, but whether or not it's actually working, I don't know. So hopefully, you might get something out of it if you if you manage to get so. But I, I I can't see it. So um. First off, let's last answer uh, Jedi Hill's question because I know he's online watching right now on Facebook. Richard, what are your best ways to get someone to join your Facebook group and engage once there? So firstly, this is a two-part question. So the thing to get people to join the group, it's always best, always best to map back from other people. Bring people into your group rather than you inviting them yourself. Nothing beats someone saying, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm in a group and you really should check this out. It's an amazing group to be in kind of thing. And I do feel that if you, can, if you can get people to talk about your group and, and invite them in, it's just a great way of doing it. And every week there are people joining my group on Facebook um, who are like, you know, they've written, I found out about the group through whoever. And the question to always ask yourself is what would make someone feel so good about your group they're compelled to share it? And it's doing really extra things and, and you don't have to do that much to be unique, I've found, um, Jedi. What I've done is things like um, consistently be there each day with something that starts conversations. So the, the content on there is, is really important um, because it's about driving really great conversations and engagement because then people will keep showing up. And it means more people get to see the content, too. Um, but the second part of that is, is in the content. You know, What are you doing to make people really want to show up for it? So. It will be things like, you know, giveaways. So I I, I give away a lot of stuff. You know, I give away free books that I really endorse. I give away money, you know, like best comment in this post will get $50 kind of thing. It's not much money, but it really gets people really engaged in the group. But I also um, have a couple of other things I do once people are in there to make sure that uh, people are engaging well. And groups have a bad name amongst many, because they become a space for spam. And most groups don't have much effort put into them. If you're gonna make a group, you've gotta commit to it, which means you've decided long-term that every day you're gonna show up for it. And the, the most important bit to understand is that you have to be the host of the party. You have to, or at least someone has to. What you can't do is create a group and everyone will just get involved. If you have the open posting policy where anyone can post uh, in a group, you run the risk of it becoming a spam city. And no one's interested, it gets boring very quickly. So I actually have something a little bit more unique, uh, I think, in that I have that switched off. So the posting strategy is very simple in my group. I do the posts, but I'm doing the posts because I know that if I can set up value led posts, such as ones where people can interact and find out things about each other and, you know, I'm guiding. I'm setting like the, the, the starter question kind of thing to get people moving. It can really be effective and actually people appreciate it. Those that have a problem with it, the ones who wanted to spam the group have found, People appreciate the fact that they are the given direction and then there's, there's um, stimulating topics each day because you can't rely on anyone to actually do this, so it's important, I find, to make sure that someone is, and that has to be me, it's my group after all. But what I also do is every so often I allow, um, say, 10 live streams uh, across a week or two of members talking about a particular product, and I think, oh, sorry, not product, about a particular um, piece of value or an idea. And I think doing that is, is great, because it allows them to step forward and do, um, to post, post content, but in a controlled fashion, that draws people in like a bit of a mini series. So we did one recently and people shared a tip or a piece of value based on something that they learned uh, from their business. And so we had you know, 10 people across a couple of weeks do this. And it's great to have everyone show up and practice their live streams and go live for 10, 20 minutes or something like that. But it really is essential to make sure you are the one steering the ship and showing up to do that each day. I think that's kind of the thing that, that steps out the most. And as usual with community building Jedi, what's crucial is beyond that, taking the time out to do things like individually message those within the group, um, you know, just to keep them going. Because otherwise, you're, wait, you're basically expecting them to do all the work for you, which isn't cool in the slightest. It's important to give them a good reason to decide to work with you, if you see what I mean. So that's what matters to me a lot. And I think, just think, in, like I said earlier, the engagement is everything. What that means is it's it's mapping back from people going, not only they want to engage in the post, but telling people about how great it is, is a really important thing. Okay, so hopefully that that helps you. Great question to kick us off. Um, Second question from Tamika Spears. I'd like to know if you think that creating a Facebook group is a worthwhile use of time for business coaches and consultants. Yes and no is the answer here. The reason why it's yes and no is very, very simple. It again, so there we go. So't <laughs> know what happened there. What really matters is um, making sure you understand that what running a group really entails is being very, very um, patient. Uh, if you want it for a commercial reason, it's going to take you time, and it takes time and patience to build these things up, and you have to show up every day, and it may not be you get anything m- in terms of revenue and things for, for several months. Uh, if not years, and, you know, because you're building it out properly. And, I mean, it's such a valuable thing to have uh, in your arsenal It's because it's beyond your network and those that just kind of know you. It's so valuable to be able to say, do you know what? I've got I've got people who are a little bit closer to me, who are a little bit tighter with, with my space. Um, but I do think that uh, the downside is thinking a group's going to – it's the same – you know what? It's exactly the same as things like – um a podcast they're worth doing if you can commit to them and the danger is that people think that having a podcast or having a group is just all automatically going to get them more customers and things it doesn't work because you've got to put you've now got to work all of that community as well and i think it's important to understand that it takes a lot of effort to get right so it is a worthwhile use of time especially business coaching and consultant because you can keep the conversation moving every day you can keep people warmed up and you can keep people coming back to you specifically. You know, you remember, the good way of looking at a group is you're hosting a party. And if a host doesn't show up to a party each day, you're running a risk of being very, very boring um, to people um, because your group's dead. And groups die very quickly, I think, and the engagement certainly can drop off a cliff. So you've got to be exceedingly careful um, when you commit to it. You don't build a group and then just dies straight away. So it makes you put in the effort. So yes, if you're patient and yes, if you can commit to it, otherwise you're now you've built something that, that people that, you know, your reputation can go negatively here because people can join the group. and Like this guy doesn't do anything. So it's not really useful at all. So that's that's, you know, so essential to know. Um, let's look at another question. Um, before I do that, just a reminder, those who are coming online just now, um, uh, Milan was amazing. Miami, Miami was amazing last week at Entrepreneur of Life. Thank you for. Um, support $305 raised for charity. We're nearing $5,000. I need to get the exact number. $5,000 delivered to charities in the last 14 months, it's actually more like 12 months uh, of events, because the first two we didn't donate. Um, and then um, the next week I'm we in Milan uh, for digital design days, but the following week we have New York City uh, Entrepreneur Business Live. So do grab tickets for that. It's so much fun, that one. And it's um, we're raising money for pencils of promise for a third third time this year, so I'm really excited by it. And um, thank you very much for that. Also, if you ever tune in to a, a live stream of mine, next week is the one to do it because next week is the birthday startup business QA. So, my birthday is on the 8th of October, next Tuesday. So, I'll be doing an entrepreneur business live event on the Monday. Um, I'm actually, I've actually got a client on the shoes i will be working with them, but basically, I will be. I will be doing a live Q&A, episode 167, it's the birthday Q&A, uh, uh, although it's technically not really the birthday, it'll be the day after. So I'm doing that, and then I'm off to Milan the following uh, day on the 9th, and uh, I will be doing hopefully some live streaming there as well to share what I'm up to um, when I'm talking uh, about LinkedIn at Digital Design Day. So um, one week to go, and then I am 39. As I shared with people in Milan, I sort of keep Milan, in Milan, in Miami last week, it still makes me mid-30s in my opinion. I'm 39 okay so uh <laughs> the big four O's next year so not know what I'll do put in the comments your suggestions what might I do for my birthday next year next year when I'm 40 uh interesting There's a lot of things I could I've come up with like, great ideas but I'm interested in what you think I should do should I do a live stream <laughs> I don't know but uh, yeah definitely uh next week it'll be an exciting one a birthday q and I might do it for something very interesting we'll have to see how that goes next question from Krista Moulion has said, I uh, was asked, what is a good time to schedule? It's good, sorry. What is a good time schedule to plan on needing to check in your group daily or weekly? I think I think I understood that. What's a good time to schedule to plan on needing to check in on your group daily or weekly? Many people don't under don't estimate the amount of work it takes to run a Facebook group. Quite right, they don't. They don't. Um, the answer. Is you should you should do it very similar to your to your profile, which is you know if I have a post go out, then I need to babysit it a bit because that early engagement's important to propagate it and get better distribution. If I do um, uh, if I have a group, I should be showing up absolutely daily, absolutely weekly is like it's insane. A schedule to to check in will be definitely throughout the day, a couple of times to see if things are going on. But but I will I will be Posting and uh, at a time where the majority of the group can be paying attention to it. Something about time zones there and making sure I hang around for that time after. Don't post and run. But I should check it. I'm checking probably three times a day, scheduled times a day. Uh, so morning, round the middle of the day and later on in the day. And one of those times at least will be when I have a post going on uh, to make sure I'm sticking around for that as well. Uh, good question. Um. I, I do think that if you're leaving it more than a day, you run the risk of having a bit of a stale group. So there's always something you can post. There's always something you can schedule. And if you're struggling with this, then get some good advocates, people who like you and like your group, and you know share the load, get some admins. I've tried this in the past, have some people who, when things are a bit difficult, you know, who can also post have similar ideas to you because nothing beats momentum in terms of getting engagement. If people are, are used to and keen on what you have to say. You do tend to find that... Um, you know, that, that uh, they want show sharp again for, for the next bit of content and so on. Let's just look on Facebook, see if there's any questions here. Uh, thanks for all the comments, Jedi and Abjit and bon Lowe. Good to see you here and Adam Mosley. Hi, Karin Mankowski from the Massage by Pro over in Florida. Thanks for sponsoring Miami last week. Good morning, Laurie Heath Uh and uh, Jedi Hill. For the big 4.0 is a four years, so something with a traveling all four directions in one trip. Good to do, yeah. Nice bit of traveling next year. I'm planning to do a lot more Asia travel next year, uh, or in fact, some Asia travel next year because I haven't done any uh, lately, and um, uh, to push the vs Life brand in that direction because we haven't got any footprint there, to be honest, and I think that um, that would be a great thing to do. So who knows, could coincide with my birthday. A uh, couple more questions and we'll finish up today, so a shorter one, because uh, there's uh, a lot to do, but I wanted to obviously check in as always. So uh, Adam Mosey, who I think is online right now, uh, has asked, community building, how would you approach building a relationship with big businesses now the answer is the same as how you build business uh, a relationship with smaller businesses or even solopreneurs next week's a great example a huge brands are going to be in Milan for this event um so focusing on creative and and digital design and distributing that and the business of that um and so from uber to spotify to media monks to google ibm uh, you know the likes of what's the other one mercedes people like that they're all there loads of these people are going to be in attendance at the events and the way to get into those big brands is not through you know their home page or anything like that it's through relationships one-on-one it's working with individuals and there are two prongs of attack here if you like that I've used one is working the individual angles and networking effectively with them so you know you don't pitch them first you make friends with them first because that's where your opportunities really come from people are pitched they close up if people are just you just have not have a laugh necessarily but if you get on well with someone you just connect with them for the sake of it and have fun and show you're interesting that's where you can build receptivity and it's from there where you can start having interesting conversations no one wants to continue interesting conversations with someone who starts with a pitch not interested because it's like, oh man, we're here to network, and then there's this guy pitching at me, it's not going to work. So, if I when I expect to do some work with the brands I'll be seeing next week, it will start with them going, hey, this guy's cool, I really like him, and it will be helped by the fact I'm talking, uh, doing a presentation in front of them, and I'm doing a workshop with some of them attending as well, that will help positioning and framing, but certainly beyond that the follow-up if you like beyond it is is in the networking where i'm just having fun and and they think i'm a good guy and then of course because human curiosity is unavoidable they will then check me out because that's just what happens as we check each other out when we when we connect with them they'll have a look at what we do and then of course there's some interesting follow-ups and conversations beyond that that approach works simple as that and i was on a call earlier today with someone who you know is a great example of that working because you know they they. uh they're a, a decent sized business, a few uh, million quid, and they want to work with me, but that all started with us just having a relaxed relationship and going from there. Um, in terms of uh, taking things further, another approach here, Adam, is to look at content that speaks to the kind of people you're trying to target. So I'm trying to target, my if I uh, hypothetical I was trying to target sales directors Then I would have the kind of content that says things like, um, is this something your sales director does? Like a fun video for, say, a minute that talks about the subculture of sales, um, because that will get the interest of salespeople. And I always do an audit, you know, you get LinkedIn premium package, you do an audit of how well your content's doing. And when it says things like, you know, you've been these are the job titles that are viewing your content and the majority are, say, sales related then you know within that are people who that could resonate with or it's been forwarded to people like them and that's really helped a lot because you end up with people who are, are strong in their job title who aren't necessarily aware of you being courted by content of yours so when you have that piece of content that speaks to a particular job title I'm making that content because I know that that kind of job title will bias against you. Know, they'll start watching it a lot more. What that does is it drives more eyeballs at me that are the correct eyeballs. And then wonderful conversions and opportunities come out of that. So that's a really great way in which you can do this rather than just outreaching all the time. So that's, that's my kind of content play to warm up the right job title. So making content that's very tight with that kind of job title. Uh, but yeah, like I say, the individuals matter, uh, you know, at events, for instance, meeting up with people. You should always be asking yourself this question. I've always asked is, who am I having coffee with this week? At least one person or how, who am I having uh, dinner with this week? Who am I having lunch with this week? If it's yourself every time. You're not really going to get very far. But if you're having it with someone who might be interesting, you might not get any one thing. You might just get a bit of advice, some ideas. You might get a connection out of it. But You might get someone who's like, hey, do you know what? We could really work with you. And then it gets exciting. Okay, so a great question, and great question. It doesn't need to be different. You just have to work the individuals. But don't spend your time with people who don't have any, um, you know, power or decision making. You need to get higher up if you can. Let's finish with Dave Kataguma, man over in Australia, a uh, wonderful film production guy. Who he's only did the showreel for the past uh, sort of the second. Um, entrepreneur business life new york events i loved uh, working with him looking to build an online community of video creatives who love psychology copywriting sales nlp and weaving it into persuasive video sounds like my kind of group actually dave so uh, hit me up and i'll join and um, which platforms are best for building community discourse forum linkedin facebook groups and so on And what steps can you take to foster an active, thriving group that people check back on frequently? This is a great question. This kind of really cuts to the core of what we're trying to achieve here. I really like Facebook groups. The reason why I like Facebook groups is they're so versatile. You can, you know, after the Miami event last week, week, which we had the capability to stream live to the group exclusively, I was able the following day to um, upload the slide decks that people have kept asking for. So, you know, you've got files, you've got live, but all these different types of posts. And I just think that groups are so much more matured in, in uh, Facebook. However, many years ago at a recruitment business I worked with, we did a great job. Uh, I wasn't actually leading, it was, it was the, the guys in the team did such a good job with uh, LinkedIn groups. And they were a great example of getting decision makers in one place And as I said earlier with Jedi Hill's um, uh, question, there was a lot of throwing them conversation starters a couple of days a week. And it's a very pure group of people. There was no people in there trying to spam them because we only let people in who are relevant. But, you know, you can do the same in in Facebook. We have a screening for every person who tries to uh, join the Facebook group, the entrepreneur business group. And although there's over 4,000 people in there now, at the same time, probably one in five or one in six actually gets accepted because there are three questions you have to answer. And the rule is if you don't answer them. You don't get in unless it's like a friend I knew who's I know is legit, but you have to answer, answer the three questions to get in and answer them properly. Not like, yes, yes, yes. You have to give elaborate. That's what it asks for. Um You have to have a, a profile. That's clearly of a person who is real as opposed to started the profile today. And you're, you know, you just, You've, your your name is Bitcoin currency trader. And it's like, you're like, well, you know, it's clearly not a real person. And I think that that is really essential to make sure you've got the quality of people going in. Um, but I, I really suggest that Facebook, I think it's a great idea. Um, LinkedIn can be good. If you can, I mean, they all work. You've just got to be the guy, again, that hosts the party and starts the conversations every day. They're like the prerequisite. If you can get that right, people are going to be really keen on you. Um, I think it's a wonderful idea. It's a great niche you've got. Think about where your people hang out though. You probably will do very well on LinkedIn and Facebook. And the question is, which one you wanna work in? In terms of versatility, you've got Facebook. And socializing, you have Facebook. But there might be some real value in exploring the LinkedIn one. Personally, if I was starting a group now, I would probably do it in, in LinkedIn now i would do it in linkedin because i know that i would get a lot of traction there i would know that it's um where the decision makers are in a decision makery kind of frame of mind and i think that facebook for business can certainly still work but by comparison to linkedin it's waning somewhat and rightly so because linkedin is your businessy mindset place and facebook is becoming increasingly as it should be pure social so here's a picture of me at my christening or here's a picture of me on my birthday and things like that as opposed to hey talk about business kind of thing it doesn't mean it doesn't work absolutely not but it does mean that i think linkedin might be a place to really consider it i would say do both but you're splitting your audience and i don't think that's necessary i think you should choose one in my opinion uh, and then take it from there thanks very much for uh, for that question i'm just going to check in see if there's anything else on facebook but basically uh i think we'll we'll draw a line there it's only a brief one today because i've got a huge uh job on that i have to work with so um it's one of the shorter ones thank you so much everyone for watching i will be sharing a lot next week uh in milan when i'm at digital design days if you're in new york city or know anyone who, who is make sure you're grabbing a ticket as soon as possible to the entrepreneur business live event on the 17th of october so that's the uh Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. Uh no, it's Thursday. Um, and if you're in San Francisco, make sure you jump in on the 30th as well for that. I'll be releasing dates in the next few days on Ottawa and on London and on LA, which will all be taking place before the end of the year. Very excited by that. In the meantime, thank you so much uh for watching on Facebook. Join us in the entrepreneur business group if you can. Thank you, everyone, who's listening on the podcast. Thank you, those of you watching the replay on IGTV. Make sure you put in if you're hashtag team live or hashtag team replay. And I'll see you very, very soon. Thanks so much.